Tiger's got 152 yards. Should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> predictions and conversation on all the storylines across the PGA Tour, this is On the Green, WFUV's exclusive golf podcast. All right, we're back. Five, nope, not five on three. That's the other podcast I do. This is On the Green, WFUV's golf podcast. I'm Chris Hennessy. You can also listen to five on three wherever you're finding this podcast. It's a hockey podcast. Oh, the shameless plug. I'm on, I'm, I'm on it. Every week, and that's why I said five on three. You heard Andrew Galata, Sam Davis, rejoining us from Ireland. Hello, Sam. What's going on, Chris? How you doing? Oh, just lovely. Just absolutely lovely. This was a fantastic week of golf. Five-day event in Austin, the country Austin Country Club. Kevin Kisner loses to Scotty Scheffler, who's now the number one player in the world, and we will get to him in just a moment. But Kiz had such a great week. He yeah. doesn't <laughs> lose until the final match. Uh he went 3 6 and six 1. Up. Yeah. And look, he was a very popular snub from the Ryder Cup back in the fall. And it's hard to hard to disagree with the Ryder Cup picks because they won 19 to 9 and Scotty Scheffler was one of the guys who made it over Kiz and he just beat Kiz. But he's now twenty-two seven and two in match play at Austin. He was a beast at the President's Cup. He's now clearly made it known in his mid-thirties now that match play is what he is the best at. So this was a great week for him to get over a million dollars from this WGC match play. I think it's a huge story coming out of it, and I picked him as my sleeper, so I feel pretty good. Exactly, Chris. I saw that in in our uh, Google Sheets Excel doc. That yeah, we, that's what that's why he's leading with Kisner. Well, exactly. because no, no, but Kisner was kind of the <laughs> he was a big story. Exactly, it was him, and then also Corey Connors went five and zero going into yeah, you know the semifinals. So it was kind of those two guys that were undefeated. But yeah, I mean Kisner, he's a guy that will you know we'll see. I guess if he's on you know the Ryder Cup match play eventually. Obviously, the U.S. is just stacked right now, but. I mean, look, Chris, you said the stats. It's 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 undeniable, and he's a guy that I don't know if it's him playing in Austin or if he's just, you know, an ace in match play, but, you know, he was unbelievable this week. It's it's very impressive to be that good at match play because it's it's such a unique way of playing the game of golf that you don't really see, and that's why it makes the, the WGC and why it makes match play so interesting. Playing multiple rounds in a day to me is – fascinating for a professional golfer that's something you really don't see in, in in professional competition you know their whole lives they're probably playing more than 18 holes per day to get that good at the game of golf but at the professional level to be you know playing you know I, I think that requires not only a lot of physical you know toughness but also mental toughness and ability to be focused for over 18 holes you know for that much uh, amount of golf you know two rounds in a day 
to me, that's really impressive. That's what I saw from Kisner. That's what I saw from from Chef as well, which we're going to get into. Just the ability, the, the mental fortitude, I guess you could say, to be able to carry yourself and, and, and remain focused on every single hole, not just for one round of golf, but even two in, in a single day. Yeah, it, it is a very impressive tournament when these guys do well because when you get all the way to the end, like the final four do, it was uh, Kisner and Scheffler, as we mentioned, and DJ and Corey Connors. That's seven rounds of golf yeah. in five days. And it is extremely impressive. Obviously, you don't have to win them all, but... To win most. <laughs> you have to win most of them. Um, and, yeah, they, they were extremely impressive, and it was a great week down in Austin. Uh, I want to I want to talk about, like, all of it, because I thought it was awesome. Um, this match, and this is like a random match that I just happened to be locked in on because I was headed to the Islanders game. I had it on my phone. Between Kisner and Luke List yeah. was outrageous it was so much fun and there was a ton of them like this and you know there's 19 hole win by Kepka over John Rahm that was so good uh what else that the Scheffler Billy Horschel one was surprisingly very good uh DJ and Brooks was a lot of fun to watch the disappointment was Morikawa Morikawa gets into the round of 16 and loses seven and six to Abe answer yeah. uh which was an interesting one so what were kind of some standout matches standout performances for you uh, first of all, Chris, I want to see how much you know matches of golf compared to NCAA tournament games did you watch this week? <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's a good one. Um, I, I watched most. I watched most of St. Peter's Purdue. Okay. I watched most of St. Peter's North Carolina. I watched a theme here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I watched most of Duke Texas Tech. Okay. But I watched wall to wall the five four of the five days. So basically, you were filling in, you know, for you you were watching golf. Golf was number one, and then you were just filling, filling in, in with St. Peter's, exactly, and Duke, and Duke. That's true. Because instead of it. watching the Sweet Sixteen, you're watching Round of Sixteen. Correct. In, in, That's in, true. In, essentially, yes, exactly. Which. Yeah. You know, look. I mean, I, 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 I'm on this podcast. I'm yeah, exactly. Court, so. Yeah, that's about to say. So you can't, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't blame them there. No, for sure. So like, for me, it was definitely you saw kind of. I think the biggest, the bigger surprise is Kisner, and then also you know Connors as well, and those guys five and zero. Oh, I mean, for for Connors six and zero oh, for for Kisner as we were talking about. I don't even know if those guys were like you know that level of consistent, that level of good to win that many game or matches in a row. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. I don't know if you just get on a hot streak if, you know, the conditions of the course is just right for you because it is kind of weird to play that much golf in such a short period of time and you can kind of, you know, uh, be able to, I guess, get on a run. I don't know, like, how much of the momentum factor plays, but just that fact to kind of see the runs, you kind of see the upsets, you see all that kind of in a short, you know, shorter period of time. Even, like, the group stage I loved because you got to see kind of more upsets and, uh, you know, the golfers that didn't make it out of, you know, the group stage. And that's something that to me was just, you know, really fun. You don't see it a lot. So I thought that was cool, too. And it kind of got you prepped for, you know, Augusta. And, you know, obviously with Valeros this week, but I, everyone's looking towards Augusta. And for Scheffler, I know we'll get into it. But, you know, it starts obviously world number one right now. And it starts thinking about, will he really come into not only the, you know, the golf stage of number one, but really the, the world stage into prominence, not only in the golf world, but also, you know, just really in the sports world and beyond. Yeah, obviously Scheffler is the you know the biggest takeaway from from match play and just overall the fact that 
you know, we're talking about good matchups. Him and Matt Fitzpatrick, six playoff yeah. holes. That is what Scheffler needed just to get into the round of 16. So, I mean, just uh, Scheffler overall, incredibly impressive. And I want to, you know, flash forward into uh, to Sunday um, at 12 when he has a, you know, I would say a relatively easy chip shot, pretty easy from just right outside the green. And he shanks it essentially right into the, into the bunker. And then you're looking at it like he led all day and you're looking at it like, okay, maybe this is, you know, a chance to open the door for Kisner. And what does he do? He holds it out of the bunker and then yeah. just, just impress. I think that totally sums up the day for Scheffler, just the ability to take the lead, never really look back and just play really consistent golf. And that's something that, He's done in his wins, you know, all, all season long, already three of them. And like you said, number one in the world. But um, overall, just the ability to play consistent golf and limit the highs and the lows, because you're going to have bad shots like that in any round of golf like he had. You're going to have, you know, certain holes where you don't exactly hit it or strike it just the way you want to. That stuff happens, but it's about responding to that. That's something that Scheffler does. I think so far this year, he's done incredibly well, the ability to, you know, not let any sort of low get too low and be able to respond. And that's really impressive physically and mentally as well. The ability to, you know, scrap any bad He shot did it in the semifinal be too. Because he, yeah, yeah, against yeah. DJ, he was up five through 11. DJ gets yes. back, I think, four straight holes or something crazy like that. And you're thinking, yep. like, at that point, like, DJ is such a talented golfer, one of the best in the world. Like, okay, he's going to come back and win this. And Scheffler's like, nope. And then, you know, he's able to bounce back and end up winning uh, you know, that match. And, like, you, it's just one of those things where it just feels like he's a guy that really all weekend, he, he was just the guy. He's been the guy for the last six weeks, three wins in six weeks. I mean, it's just a crazy kind of tear for him. And he seems even kind of shocked by it to get to world number one. I mean, it, it, it's definitely something going into the Masters. I don't think he'll be the favorite, but he'll definitely be up with one Top of them. five. Yeah, for sure. So you you guys mentioned two things I found very interesting. One was the hole out from the bunker. That's when I turned it off. You made fun of me for watching too much of this. Like, okay, this is over. Why am I watching this? Because <laughs> that kid has a chance to make it two down with 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, six to play. That's... Kisner has got to be, like, shaking his head, like, unbelievably frustrated. Exactly. You finally think you catch a break. You know, a chef's been up the whole round, and then something like that happens. He holds it from the bunker. You're like, all right, this is, like, he probably had the same reaction you did. He's like, this is over. Like, this, I, I can't catch this guy. Exactly. And then it felt like Scheffler was choking away the DJ match. It was incredible. Yeah. He's five up through 11, as you mentioned. DJ wins 12, 13, 14, and 15 to get to one down through 15. Yeah. And then Scheffler comes back and wins 16 and 17 to win three and one, which was very impressive to to come back, make a birdie on 16 and a birdie on 17. Uh, and... It wasn't even that he had played poorly in the previous four holes. DJ went birdie, par, so he didn't make a bogey. Birdie, par, birdie, birdie. Yeah, he went three under 12 to 15. And DJ could go on those stretches. Absolutely. But to weather it and be able to come back and win two holes in our own, still win three. And I mean, it's it was a great performance. And, by I mean, you saw the same thing from Brooks at Bethpage, right? Exactly. He was up a ton. It's the same. It's the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah. He's up a ton, and DJ just comes out firing, and you're like, oh, God, this guy who we really don't know too much about is going to fall apart, and then he's able to to keep it going. So kind of the same thing. I, I kind of felt the same way, like, oh, my God, like you want this guy to win. He's young, and not nothing as DJ, but we've seen DJ. And Brooks, at that time, we hadn't seen a ton of him, and now we really haven't seen a ton of Scotty Scheffler. You really wanted, or I at least really wanted, um, that to be how that played out, and it did. He was great. Um, and congrats to him, the number one 
player in the world. He is a U. He's a UT guy, so this was a, yeah. a, a familiar place. Obviously, Spieth talks about that every year uh, when he plays here. That this is um, is that their is, kind of, con- is that there? It's where they play, or no? They I don't like think a, so, but I mean, it's in the same area. area yeah. So I would think that they played. It I'm before. sure he's. Pl- I'm, yeah, I'm sure he's played it plenty. Yeah, going and, into this, and he's from Dallas, so you would think That's you know true. he's he's, he's from the area, and this is I mean, obviously this is great for him. This is his third win on the tour. His highest finish in the Masters, he finished tied for 18th last year. Uh, I'm going to take the over on that one. Oh, I, agree. The, I don't yeah. know, whatever. Way, I know what you're saying. Oh, better finish. Going, better finish than 18th. <laughs> he will if, do better than that. Yeah. I think, at least, because he's playing the best golf in the world right now. And it's not even like, okay, sure. Like, you win three events in the winter, spring. Some people might be like, oh, okay. But he won the Phoenix. Yeah. The Arnold Palmer exactly. and the WGC. That's outrageous. It's I mean, he he's gonna come into I mean, like like I was saying before, like I don't, I don't think a lot of people maybe outside if you're not following the PGA tour, I don't think you know who Scotty Scheffler is. No, people were tweeting like, Oh, the number one player in golf has didn't have a win six weeks ago. I still have hope. Exactly. Like, no have you seen this guy? So no, it's you like, don't. So if he wins the Masters, now he's up obviously in that level where you're like, Okay, he's gonna be a name that the whole world's gonna know. Which is obviously to have another American kind of hit that stage would would be obviously great for golf. And I mean, four if he wins four and seven and one of them's a major, I mean, you got to put that with stretches. Be four and eight, right? Yeah, actually, that's true. Yeah, four and eight. But it's one of those, you know, you're winning every other tournament. Yeah. I mean, that's it's ridiculous. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's absurd. And I, I Sheffler, I I don't know, I don't know if I'm. I think that there's a different, I don't know, I hate to bring the mental side of the game into it, which I do often, but it's so important. And I think the Masters is different, obviously, oh, yeah. such a different mentality to it than some of these earlier golf. Not like, you know, obviously, Arnold Palmer, that's an incredibly impressive, such a difficult course, incredibly impressive win, just like the, his other wins as well. But there's nothing really like the Masters from a mental standpoint of going into that tournament. So that's what I'm interested to see. Can he continue to play this level of golf with the new expectations, with the new, you know, now you have the number one on your back and you have a target on your back, essentially, from every other golfer. How is he going to respond to that? I think that is really interesting to look forward to as a storyline for the Masters, obviously, in a couple weeks. You're right, Sam. But, like, let's look. Let's take a look at, like, the biggest events. He, sorry, so he missed the cut last year and was T55 at the players. That's not great. Other than that, he finished fifth at the WGC, a different WGC last year, second at the match play, first at the match play this year. He finished tied for fourth at the PGA in 2020, tied for eighth last year, tied for seventh in the U.S. Open last year, tied for eighth at the Open last year. Oh, 18th, not 25th. Why are you lying to me? <laughs> Wikipedia. Okay, it's not, oh, 18th. That's what I said. That's what I said before. Never right? trust Wikipedia. No, tied for 18th yeah, is what yeah, I said yeah. before. Yeah, okay. And then tied for 18th and tied for 19th at the last two Masters. He hasn't finished outside the top 20 in any major besides the 2019 U.S. Open when he was cut since he became pro. It's a great point. It's a great. He's point, not Morikawa. He's never. No. He's never been number one in the world. That's true. That's absolutely true. But he's been to Augusta and finished top 20 before, and now right, he's doing it totally playing the best point. golf of his life. Yeah. So I mean, I I agree with you. I, I think. I think it would. I I really do think. What did you say his? Uh, what did you say he was last year at uh, at the Masters? Eighteenth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think he very well will 
I would be if you're not that you're going to say a lock, but I would very well. I'd be surprised if he doesn't finish, you know, higher than 18th. I guess you could say that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, I I 100% agree, and I also think he did very well at the what's it called, the thing the the Ryder Cup. Yeah, he was two zero and one. Two zero and one at the Ryder yeah, Cup. So. so he's so he's seven. One and one in his last nine <laughs> matches. Yes, I mean that's you can't you can't get much better. Yeah, that's that's preposterous. Other than eight and no or nine and zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely outrageous. And so he good. won against John Rahm there. So did know, he beat John Rahm this week too? Oh no, I don't. No, think. it wasn't him. No, John Rahm lost eventually. Yeah, I think he lost to Kepka. Yeah, uh, let's see. Come on, John Rahm, John Rahm, John Rahm. Yes, you're right. He lost yeah. to Kepka. He lost to Kepka. Scheffler beat. Horschel, Seamus Power, and Dustin Johnson on his way to Kevin Kisner. So, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good from Scotty Scheffler. We turn our eyes towards Augusta. Uh, yeah, we skip out over the Valero. We'll talk about it after this, yeah. but the Valero is... The Valero <laughs> We're still is a, talking about it. You yeah. don't care about the Valero Championship? I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> the Valero Texas Open? Or you the Valero Texas yeah, Open. Texas. I don't care about the Valero Texas Open because next week is Augusta. Um, and the big speculation around every single major last year and every single major this year will be was is Tiger Woods playing right that yeah. that's what that's what the question is going to be i at the beginning of this podcast said or at the beginning of the the run of this podcast yeah. said that i believed the first time he would play was at St Andrews yeah. at that time that felt very appropriate over the last 2 weeks there has been rumors and news about Tiger is shaping up. Tiger is getting in shape. He's ready to go. He walked his club medalist each of the last five days, apparently, getting ready to walk at a tournament because he usually rides at a cart. And today, the private jet landed at the Augusta Airport. I will now be heartbroken if he doesn't play. I am all in. I am so excited. I don't want him to rush it either and like, I know. miss the cut. And, like, I know. You know. I know. Fall on his face, but like, he's gonna well, step he, he up. He is rushing it, like he is rushing it. I know that that's just like well, he's Tiger like, though. So I'm thinking, know, you know, even know. if he's, I trust him though. Like I, I trust him to not. I he's done comebacks 17 times. <laughs> I trust him to understand his body at this point. Tiger, Charlie, and Justin Thomas were hitting balls at the range at Augusta today. Then I mean, we'll have to see. I mean. When did you see it? When did that news come out? Because all I saw was he was arriving. Uh, so an nice. hour ago yeah, from Bob Herrick. There, okay. So I'm assuming okay. he's yeah. he's there. Bob Herrick says Charlie was hitting balls in the range and Justin Thomas was there as well an hour ago from wow. Bob Herrick from SI. So, I mean, if, he, if yeah. he's playing, the, the Tiger Tracker's back on. The I Tiger mean, Tracker retired. Did he? Yeah. He no longer. That, really? That account does not exist anymore. Damn. Unfortunately. Well, but yes. think it's still back on. I mean, maybe I'll restart it. <laughs> go for it <laughs> but i mean i don't know like i i'm worried that it's like if he comes back too soon and you kind of see the back all out of sorts you could see like when tiger's just not on and i don't know i mean look i hope that he's able to make the cut and i mean i, I don't think he has any expectation of winning or really being serious but you know obviously you don't want to see him get embarrassed re-injure himself and i guess that's kind of would be a success if he makes the cut you know is competitive making it inside the top you know, whatever ends up being. But, I mean, look, I'd love to see it, obviously. I think we'd all love to see it. But, 
it's it would be crazy if he played. It would be very very crazy. I think the the eyes on Augusta this year will be you know obviously very very high. I think a lot of people wanted him and Phil to play. Obviously, Phil won't be, but no. I mean, if you get one of the two, you'll definitely you'll definitely take that. I, I think he's playing. I, I really do. He's there. I mean, he's not he's not there to watch. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I, I think he has really just uh, let his competitive juices and desire to not be sitting on the couch watching the Masters motivate him to say, even if I'm not ready, which. He may tell himself he's ready, but from an objective standpoint, he probably isn't. Considering that, you know, like you said, Chris, the original timetable for him was Augusta was a, a was a stretch, and it still is, to be honest. So who knows if he's actually ready? But I do agree with your guys' point that at this point, you have to trust him that he tr- that he knows his body better than any of us, obviously. So that he's going to go out there and say. You know, if I can walk the course, I can play, essentially, um, because he's obviously been swinging a golf club. Um, but I guess walking was, you know, somewhat of a challenge that seems like he's able to do. So to the point where it seems like he can play, the expectations can't be high, unfortunately. But even, I mean, I think it just creates a lot, like, you know, this is a pretty obvious statement, but it, it makes the Masters even more exciting when you know that he's just even playing. Absolutely. Uh, even yeah. if he... You know, even if he uh, obviously you don't want to see him miss the cut, you'd like to see him make the cut and at least be playing into the weekend. But even if he doesn't just seeing him play on Thursday and then Friday uh, and hopefully into the weekend, even that I, I think is is really encouraging, is really awesome for the game of golf. It's really awesome for, you know, golf fans who the majority, I would say almost everyone wants to see Tiger out there playing, wants to see him healthy, obviously. So. That to me is is ultimately. I, I think he's going to play. He's there. I think he's going to play, and I'm excited to at least watch the first round and hopefully see him, uh, you know, make his way into the weekend. Yeah, making the cut would be my highest expectation for him. Yeah, honestly, I think that's... yeah, because you know, 72 holes is a lot of holes. He is 45 and an old 45. 45. Yeah, he's 45. I think he's 45. So, but the injuries, but the injuries make him could be well, very well, fifty-five. Exactly. Yeah. Even <laughs> yeah. even older. Like ten years. I mean, he's yeah. older than Phil. Yeah. Phil's seven years older than him. But like, in terms of like, oh, his body yeah. and his like the the pain surgeries he's been in and, and the yeah. surgeries and the car accident and like his body, I feel like at least is older than Phil's. And I mean, we did just see Phil, excuse me, win the the PGA just a few weeks before turning fifty-one. So. That would certainly be nice to to see Tiger get into contention here at Augusta. Um, we're gonna know more in the next forty eight hours. Oh, yeah. Is essentially what what it comes down to. My my brain is telling me he's not gonna play. My heart is telling me he is gonna play. So I'm very torn right now. Uh, I would love to see him play, but I I think I think at the end of the day he's gonna get out there. He's gonna play the practice round. He'll probably play the par three and yeah. and sit out the tournament. Is my so right do you, do you, if he played, would there any be like you know, if he doesn't make the cut, like how would it have to be very, very bad for you to be like, oh, damn, I wish he didn't play? He would have to withdraw, withdraw. for me to okay. think, to say I wish he did not play. Okay. If he misses the cut, so what? Okay. Because Augusta is a soft landing spot. He did the same thing post-scandal, too. That's true, yeah. Where he came back at Augusta, and I said it last week, I thought Phil should have come back at yeah. Augusta. Because it's a soft landing spot, because the concentration is the only tournament of the entire year outside of um, the Open at St. Andrews. The only tournament of the year where the golf course is the number one storyline. So I think that it's a soft landing spot for these guys to come back, the big guys, obviously, 
to come back after a scandal or after an injury or that those kind of things. He did the same thing in 2010. Obviously, 2019 was huge. Um, so it makes sense from that realm. I just don't know if his leg is ready. But again, we're not his doctors. We don't know. But I mean, I, no one is gonna no one is gonna say if he misses the cut and looks fine physically. No one is really gonna blame him. Yeah, I feel like exactly. You're coming back from you know you're coming back soon from an injury. If he you know comes up obviously hurting for example or has to withdraw like you said that's a different story then you get the the narrative of he shouldn't be back he should have waited all that kind of stuff but if he plays and gets cut uh, and, and looks fine then i think ultimately nobody's going to place any blame on him for coming back when he did exactly 100 percent agree so that will be the storyline over the next nine days nine days till the first tee shot and mlb opening day same day yeah. next thursday so Big week. What a day. Big what week a day. Coming up um, in the spring sports, even though it's in the 40s here in uh, in New York. How is the hey, it's Ir- warmer in Ireland? How is the Ireland golf scene treating you? I haven't played in a couple weeks, but like I said, I'm playing Thursday. Nice. So I'm playing uh, at a place in Houth, which is just, it's like a little, it's, it's, it's off the, uh, off the coast of uh, Dublin. Basically, you drive. You know, it's basically a bus ride, like 30 minutes from the center of Dublin. It's like this little, it's right in the water, um, this course. And I, it was only, it was like, it was 20 euro, which is basically like 22 bucks nice. uh, to play. So okay. really cheap too. Yeah. So that's an extra bonus. But the course looks beautiful. So What's the uh, I'm there? excited to play. Well, it's been like, recently it's been like, not at all like you would think of Ireland. The February was rain every day and like 45, 50 degrees, exactly what you'd think. Now though it's it's been sunny like the last like week or so, it's been sunny and almost you know right up to sixty degrees. Okay. Uh, today was a little cooler like in the in the mid fifties, but Great yesterday golf was though. yeah beautiful. Yeah. Yesterday was sixty and I was able to wear shorts you know pretty comfortably. So nice. um, yeah, it's it's getting a lot it's getting a lot better, which <clears throat> is awesome because the courses are beautiful, and when you see them in the sunlight, I mean it's even <laughs> it's even better. Obviously, yeah, right. You know? So uh, it's getting better and it's getting me like. Especially with like, as we're getting closer to Augusta too, everyone like every go- anyone who's ever played golf as an amateur is dies to get out on the course around Augusta because mm-hmm. you're just like it's the start. You know, April the weather's starting to get nicer. Hopefully, in New York, you guys get a little nicer weather by you know a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, no, the weather starts to get nicer and you start to get motivated. Like I got to get out and play golf. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, which is an exciting feeling, definitely. Absolutely. I'm looking at the European tour schedule right now. They're not coming to Ireland until late June. I was thinking yes, maybe you could be a reporter on the ground for us. But very sad. Very yeah. sad. I looked. I actually did look that up um, probably like a month ago, and I was like, yeah, I would love – or I, I also looked up like – How know, to get him a credential. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I need one. If I, yeah, <laughs> Alex I won't be – yeah. <laughs> Alex is calling people in Ireland to get you a credential. Unfortunately, I'll be gone by you know the beginning yeah. of June, so yep. that that'll, won't be able to be there. Unfortunate. All right, moving on. The Valero Texas Open is this week. Jordan Spieth defending his title there from last year. He's second on the odds leaderboard behind some guy named Rory McIlroy. <laughs> uh, never heard of him. I don't know about you guys. Uh, anyways, I, I'm going a little bit off the board with my winner pick. I'm going with Maverick, Maverick McNeely. He was a beast at the WGC. Yeah. He got two and a half points out of the, out of the um, group stage, but ended up losing in the playoff. Uh, he's a young guy, young American guy who has a cool name and is playing really good golf. And so <laughs> I'm going with Maverick McNeely at plus 3,500. Uh, I'm going to go with Corey Connors, guy that obviously played really well last week and 
he's someone that uh, won the Valero Open in 2019, so obviously a lot of success there. And he also finished 11th at Bay Hill earlier this year. So he's a guy that had the match play success last week, won Valero, and finished 11th at Bay Hill. So he's a guy that, you know, in a field that, look, it's just, it's just not very good, I am I do not think Spieth is going to win this not. tournament at all. And maybe some other guys, you know, we'll get into, like, fades and stuff like that. But it's just it's just a light field, obviously. And Connors, I think, could take advantage of that playing good golf and maybe get him hot going into Augusta. I like Keegan Bradley, so we all have different names, which is good. You know, sometimes we always end up with the same guys. So, But the field's light, so I guess it's a little easier to go. There's no Morikawa, no JT. <laughs> yeah, not, not exactly like the household names in terms of picking this tournament, but nothing wrong with that. He hasn't had a lot of success at the Texas Open necessarily, um, but he's got four top 15 finishes this season. He, had, he was fifth at the Players, which is you know obviously very impressive considering all the weather, considering the course and everything that went into that. Um, so overall, Keegan Bradley, he's also uh, you know 14th in uh, strokes gained off the tee. So that that's a, a stat that I pulled because um, you know I think that works really well for the Texas Open necessarily. Kind of skinny fairways, it's important to hit your fairways. Uh, wind is also a big factor at the Texas Open, also. Um, so Keegan Bradley, I think, uh, with the consistency off the tee, is going to help him. Uh, I like him as the favorite. In terms of my sleeper, I like Harry Higgs. Harry Higgs is, I think he's a fun player. He's kind of this big, goofy-looking guy. Um, he's pretty far down the, the odds board here. He is already into Augusta because um, he has a win from last year, I think. Yeah. And so, you know, there's not that kind of motivation. That's where you see some, like, remember Homa, Homa at Quail Hollow in the year that, the PJ was in Beth Page, so like the week okay. before, it was like nobody had ever heard of this guy. He yeah. comes in and he wins at Quail Hollow. Like what the hell? And then obviously he's become a pretty well-known player of the last three years. That's the kind of guy who usually wins this tournament. Harry Higgs not exactly that guy because he already is into Augusta, but I like Harry Higgs a lot. I think he can he can pull out a win here. So I'm going with Harry Higgs as my sleeper. My sleeper. It's so like look the field not very good. Uh, but for me, I was looking through the names, and I, I saw a familiar face because he finished two with the players. That's Anirban Lahiri. Oh, yes, my He's guy. A, great name. B, he shares a birthday with me. So I was oh, like, okay, I got to you know, oh, wow. be able to, to, to rep him here. You're doing your one. research. When's, when's, yeah. when's the birthday? May 29th. Okay. So, so he, he's a guy. He finished fifth last year. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy that I think he's a guy that – He's not in the Masters right now, so a win would obviously do him dividends. So, you know, he's just a guy that, you know, I could see coming up. And, look, the stars are aligning. I feel like once, you know, we shared a birthday, I had to go. <laughs> see, I'm also going similar idea, somebody that's not in the Masters field right now that's going to be playing with that extra motivation. It's Chris Kirk. Um, and he his odds, I think, his odds are ninth best in the field, which to me is uh, relatively surprising. Um, but I think he could very well crack the top 10. He's got two top 10 finishes this season, um, Arnold Palmer and, and the Honda Classic. So uh, tournaments also that uh, I think he had, you know, going into Sunday, he very well had a chance to win. Um, so to me, I, I think it's a, it's a good sleeper pick, not a guy that um, I think if, you're, if you follow the PGA Tour, you know who he is. But outside of that, he's not a household name, kind of like we mentioned. But um, he's certainly a guy that uh, I think will have a lot of motivation to get into the Masters, a guy that's deserving to be there, I think. Um, but also, you know, certainly uh, decent odds and, and has a good chance at cracking the top 10. 
I'll be fading Bryson DeChambeau, who oh, was an so absolute absolute. <laughs> we're all we all are. I know. I, I said I knew we all were. He was an absolute. <laughs> let's talk about this for a second. He was an absolute train wreck last week. Yeah, a train wreck. <clears throat> he he missed a putt to beat Richard Bland that I couldn't believe he missed. It was like a five footer. Yeah. On Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. And that was the only half point he got the entire week. He was a disaster. He was a content machine. Don't get me wrong. He hit one. His first tee shot was into the into the hospitality tent. It was insane. Um, and he only gets that half a point in his first event this season. Right? Remember, yeah. he was out with injury. He but he played at the Seminole Pro Member, which was weird. And there's a reason he's playing this week. Let's put it that way. Bingo. And you took <laughs> yeah. the words right out of my mouth. He is trying to correct what it. went wrong last week it. before Augusta. And he's not going to. Yeah, I I completely agree. I mean, hasn't played a lot of golf th- this year because of the injury. Obviously, awful last week, as you said. So really, I just echo all those words. I just think he's you know, he he's I think the big name. I, I think if you were just looking at the leaderboard, you board, and you're like, oh, he's the best name. Let me pick it. I just don't think this is the week for for Deshambo. I mean, he's sixth in the odds. That's yeah, insane. That's what I was to about me. to say. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. His odds are sixth best. That blows my mind. That that I don't I don't really understand that at all. This was a, a concern of mine back when he bulked up. Yeah. Was that you look at look at Aaron Judge, for example. We're all baseball fans. Look at Aaron Judge. He's eleven feet tall and he can never stay healthy because his body is unmaintainable. To me, I'm not a physical therapist. I'm not same with Noah Syndergaard though too. Sure. Yeah, Syndergaard's a great example Stanton, as well. Stanton's a good example. Stanton too. as oh, well. Yeah, they can't stay healthy. Where it's like this what makes like a guy like Zidane Ochara like beyond belief, where he's yeah. he's six foot nine or whatever he is, and he's still playing at forty five years old in the NHL. I don't know how this body is maintainable, and he gets hurt. He misses some of the biggest events of the year. He misses defending his championship at Bay Hill, which we talked about, and now he's trying to come back for the Masters, and he can't hit the ball in the fairway. Yeah, like yes, he won the U.S. Open. And we're never going to take that away from him. He had a great performance. He dominated Matt Wolf on Sunday. But I don't know what else is left in the tank for Hulk Bryson. I, I just don't. <laughs> Will he slim down? Hulk I don't know. Can he? Can he lose like all could. that muscle without becoming fat? I don't know. Hey, I'm not a physical therapist. Fat, I don't know. Fat golfer. You can run. Harry Higgs <laughs> is great. I love Harry Higgs. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could run. That's true. You could. Kid run. Get on the bike. Get a Peloton. That's what it does. That's exactly what it does. It loses muscle. Bryson. I remember when he was it was small Bryson. Small Bryson was funny because he yeah. looked like a yes. nerd with the yeah, hat. Exactly. And now and the weird swing. And the weird swing. I still that don't like hat, it. Yeah. That hat looks. Oh my. I I I think it looks horrible. Anybody that I hated wears that. that hat, yeah. Like, no one can pull that off. I'm sorry. Like not it's a rough I'm, look. I'm in Ireland right now. <laughs> Tons of people wear those. Like, but like you can't you can't pull that off. Like I'm sorry. I feel like Irish people could kind of pull it off. Well, actually, like old like, now Irish that people. I think about yeah, it, yeah. now that I think about it, I've seen more like uh, American exchange students wear them than I've actually seen like Irish. Uh, exactly. to be so Irish, I, yeah. I don't know if they're that common here, but like it's seen like it's it's like I don't know. There's a lot of stuff like that. Like it, it's it's a bigger deal to Americans than it is to people who actually lived here where it originally started. I don't know. It's like Tom Brady wears those those hats too. It's just yep. it's a bad look. It's that's very true. <laughs> Sam, I have two very important questions for you. Yeah, let me hear. One, um, what is the Will Smith slap reaction in Ireland? <laughs> Are people talking about one, it? It's, I've it's, had one professor mention it. 
out of like out of five so not really good to be honest i haven't i mean i've talked like i've been talking about it a lot and watching the video tons but in terms of like other people it's definitely not as like uh, not as common that's a shame i don't remember what my other question was i knew i had oh st patrick's (laughs) day well what is st patrick's day like we haven't had you on in a while so i have a lot of questions okay this is kind of it's it's my homeland i was not there oh that's right you're in spain that's right that's right yeah so unfortunately but from everything I heard, I can give you what I heard because I know yeah, people that went. So um, it was unbelievably crowded. So they have a parade in Dublin. Um, and supposedly I heard like you can't even like really see it. That's how many people like well, it's like makes like like wall to wall people like you're you're packed in uh, with a bunch of people. So you have to get there like really early and stake out your spot in order to even see the parade, which I saw some people do actually. It like, sounds like the ball media. drop on. Like it just sounds yes. awful. Similar vibe, <laughs> just like for the whole day yeah. instead of like just the nighttime. Um, and yeah, no, I, like I, I think the ball drop. If you ever, go, I think that's so stupid to yeah. go to that. To be I mean, honest, obviously Saint Patrick's Day yeah. makes a lot more sense. It's a lot cooler. You yeah. know, it's a celebration, of course, of of, of Irish people, and uh, you know, it's just a massive party essentially for the whole day and into the night. So you can't really blame people for enjoying that. It looked like it looked like a lot of fun, but. Also incredibly crowded, especially because this year was like, you know, the first year fully back for them since COVID sure. really like where, where they can have those massive crowds again. So I think it was a absolutely huge deal uh, for the people who were here. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for answering my questions. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. <laughs> Enjoy your golf. Right. Any, any questions you, you want in, in involving Ireland, you know, I'm your man. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, enjoy your golf this week. Uh, enjoy you, the PGA Tour this week. We'll be back next week with the much-anticipated Masters preview. Oh, baby. I am excited. Can't wait. we got to have a four-man crew for that. we got to have everybody. I think that. I anticipate Mike being back. I know he's been a busy man the last yeah. couple of weeks. He, he better be. Uh, yes. He'll make time for that. I anticipate Mike being he back. Uh, and The who father knows? of On the Green needs yeah. to be, needs to be <laughs> present. 100%. Agree. Yes. So for Andrew Galata and Sam Davis, nine days before Augusta, I'm Chris Hennessy. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.